Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the 10 Rules of Modern Work podcast series by Deloitte Consulting Southeast Asia. As you know, this is the podcast where we discuss everything to do with modern work and the rules that make people like you and me successful in this new world of work. Today, we are excited to record a special session on the 10th rule of modern work, which is all about side hustles. But before I jump into that, let me introduce myself. My name is Indranil Indro, your host for today. And with me, I have two very special guests, Ashley Sulin and James Walton, who have joined us today. James is my colleague at Deloitte, and Ashley is an absolute superstar. And we'll get to know about Ashley in a minute. And just to start you off, Ashley, can you share with us a little bit about all of the different things that you're involved in, all of the different projects, and also tell us about your day job so that we can get started. Thank you so much, Indra, for having me. It is quite a pleasure to be back in Deloitte again. I've had like several panel sessions uh, with you guys in the past. I think this was about five years ago when I first started my startup called The Real Planner. Since then, my job has actually changed in the corporate world. My 9 to 5 today is the head of SME at an insurance company locally. And from then, I also have grown a lot more portfolios and added into my side hustles. So I'm going to share a little bit about my passion projects that I've been embarking on these days. So I still have my The Real Planner, which I'm the founding CEO of. In that company, I have built a lot more programs that help people improve their performance at work, as well as finding balance and wellness in their day-to-day lives. The new thing that I've added in, I have became an indoor spin cycling instructor. I'm also a yoga, meditation, and sound bath instructor. And I have added a new portfolio, which is called a content creator and influencer. This really happened by accident. On the side, I also am a business and go-to-market strategies consultant. I actually just recently stepped down as the board of advisor from Lean in Malaysia. So these are some of the things that I've been working on. But I think that, you know, when it comes to side hustles as well, a lot of people tend to define side hustles in a very defined categorical way. But I believe that some of you might have been even doing side hustles without realizing or considering that it is a side hustle. Fantastic, Ashley. This is exciting. But you know what? Your schedule, just listening to your the list of things on your portfolio and your schedule makes my head spin. So <laughs> fantastic. Congratulations. Congratulations to you. So we'll dive in a little bit more in terms of, you know, what these side hustles mean for you. But James, I just wanted to bring you into the conversation. Now, your full-time role is um, you lead marketing clients and markets, uh, lead for our business here in Southeast Asia, Deloitte. But tell us a little bit about how you balance what you do in your day job and all of the other passions that I know you have and the side hustles you have. Yeah, I think even within Deloitte, I have day jobs and night jobs and weekend jobs as well, as we all do. So besides uh, besides running the marketing side for Southeast Asia, I'm also the, the sports business group leader for, for Asia Pack, which, which ties very nicely with my passion. So as we're, you know, working around Southeast Asia and Asia Pacific, working with sports associations and both private and public sector to develop sports in the, in the region, working with some very exciting, very interesting clients. But it, it also ties with many, uh, and I share what Ashley said, I, I 
didn't necessarily think of them as side hustles until you told me they were side hustles. <laughs> but I sit on a number of boards for different sports from women's football to, to netball, as well as boards in other kind of aligned areas like like theaters and, and charities like Singapore Repertory Theater. I have a charity movement that I co-founded with a, with a Singapore Olympic athlete a few years ago called In My Shoes. So a lot of kind of things happening that are in a very aligned area. And one of the interesting things I think about sports and being in these kind of areas is a lot of it happens on the weekends, a lot of it happens on the evenings. You really have to be present at the sporting events, at the trainings, and a lot of sports in Singapore in particular is run by volunteers. So the board meetings, the council meetings tend to happen in the evening. So it actually fits quite nicely. So most days I'm out of the office around 6.30 or 7 going to Kalang, to, to go to the netball center or, or literally tonight I, I'm going to Jalan Besar to the National Football Stadium for a, for a meeting out there. It, it actually dovetails quite nicely working in the voluntary and the sports sector in Singapore alongside of a, of a day job. You're in those roles and you're in those communities. The next thing is you start getting people coming to you and saying, hey, I see you out at all these things. Can Deloitte help me with this? And so it's kind of come full circle where it came from work into can you can you help because we know that you know what you're doing to a point of, wow, you're out there in the community, you're meeting people, you're networking. Oh, can Deloitte help me with this? And it came full circle back to work again. That's when you know it's kind of working. Fantastic. Fantastic. And, and the way that you've been able to balance time, which is where I'm going to go next between weekday and weekend, a lot of the sports activities, as you mentioned, is in the weekend. But Ashley, in your case, I'm really curious because of the, a lot of the things that you do, especially running a startup, is a full-time job unto itself. I mean, it can be all-consuming from a time and schedule perspective. So I was just curious as to how do you balance that, that a lot of the other things that you do are during the weekday as well. I think we're all actually wired for side hustles without realizing it. Because if we bring it back to like high school, right? We were always encouraged to do like a lot of sports, join a lot of clubs and societies. And since then, you know, studying wasn't just our main priority. Like it was also to get this extracurricular points to graduate with like a distinction. And I think since then I've added a lot more on my plate. Uh, I was actually editorial board um, editor when I was in high school. I scored straight A's, I was a school athlete, and my parents really thought that I would fail um, for my high school SPM, that's what we call them here in Malaysia. And I think proving myself or even validating myself, I didn't realize I was able to do it until I proved it to myself. So at a very young age, I was already side hustling quite a bit. And when I progressed to uni, it was equally the same when I first got my first corporate job as an underwriter in an insurance company. I was also tutoring on the side. So I've always had some other things going on, right? And I think I wanted to build onto James' point is that sometimes when you are very open-minded and like very generous with your time, you talk to people and people ask you for help, you're actually consulting without even realizing it. Whether you're doing free consulting or paid consulting, it's actually sort of a side hustle. Or you're mentoring someone or just sharing a piece of advice of what you've been through, your experience. That's kind of a side hustle tool. And I think a lot of these things aren't planned, right? You don't really go, you know, planning on like, okay, I'm going to do this first and then you'll build onto that and, and, and so forth. And I just want to share a little bit about how I got this job that I currently have as the head of SME in this insurance company. So in my past, I've had an actual science background. I was in insurance and then I moved into a different role doing business development and strategy. 
And then I did project management and program development in a different company. And I did my MBA, became chief of staff in a local company, became head of BD, and then my current job. And I'm 32 this year. I've had about eight years of working experience. And when I looked at my own resume, I will be honest with you guys, sometimes I get a little worried. I, sometimes I feel like I'm broken or unwanted. Like, oh, someone's going to look at my resume and go like, wow, this girl is just everywhere. She's too diverse. We have no idea how to use her, how to park her. Where do we place her? What kind of roles would she be in? And I think sometimes it's about doing what feels right for you at that moment and what makes you feel happy, satisfied, fulfilled, purposeful, right? So I just did all of those things in a way that I feel like that made me happy, that made me, I guess, satisfied, right, with my choices. But it turns out that everything came full circle because even though I thought no one would appreciate my very diverse background, it turns out that the company that I'm currently working for was looking for someone just like me actual background, had underwriting experience, was in the startup industry, understands how different types of you know, group functions work and put them all together to hit this pillar that I'm hitting today. So I think when it comes to giving me the liberty or empowerment to do these different side hustles, my direct boss, who's the CEO, he knows all these different things that I'm doing because like I said, I, was, I am a content creator influencer. I put all these things on my social media and he follows me. So there is nothing that I can hide. And I mean, this podcast is going on live, so he'll probably hear all of these things as well. But I think it comes with like a lot of empowerment, right? That as long as you've done your job and how, when and how you do it, doesn't matter to my boss so in that sense again I'm lucky and I always call myself sort of like a weekend entrepreneur I hustle just the same on weekends except that it's not for the nine-to-five job that I'm working for but for all these different types of passion that I'm wanting to put into society and make an impact fantastic and what what is common between the two stories that you shared is that it all only makes sense when you look back at it right it's very difficult to plan this out in advance and figure out how step by step it will all kind of merge together come together make sense right in a future cv somewhere that you write but when you look back it all seems to come together which is fascinating because that's precisely what i've been telling a lot of the a lot of the participants in the programs that we run on modern work is that don't overthink it. Just go where your passion tells you or or is taking you and start somewhere and let it grow organically from there. But one of the things that we keep hearing, especially when I'm talking to my clients about this, a question that comes up from HR is, you know, how can we manage this if everybody is running some side hustle or the other as an organization, it it kind of freaks us out. I mean, that's not the language they use, but that's what they mean, right? So I just want to go to James and, you know, do you you think from a Deloitte perspective, we we have, I think we've done a, a decent job of it. We have a lot of people like you in the system who are doing charitable work, voluntary work, et cetera, et cetera, without necessarily us regulating it. So what advice, James, would you have for organizations today? Because, you know, this is such an important topic and yet there is no playbook or rule book in how to regulate or manage this. The world really has changed, right? I mean, you and I have had a conversation before on this that in, in I remember back going back six, seven years, and and, uh, we were hiring someone to, uh, actually it wasn't even into marketing, we were hiring the person into tax, I think it was, and they disclosed in their final interview that they did some freelance 
marketing writing on the side for their friend's bakery business. A friend had a home bakery and they were helping them write. Now we were hiring into the tax, we're hiring into marketing. And I've seen similar situations, as, as you know, Inver, we hire a lot of national athletes here as part of our relationship with Sports Singapore. And a lot of them have coaching gigs on the side. Hmm. Um, they, so we had some ladies soccer players here a few years back and they were coaching at uh, JSSL, coaching kids on Saturday mornings. It's Saturday morning. It's coaching kids. They're getting paid an hourly rate. And they were having to get approvals for this. And you kind of sit there and say, why? Why is this relevant? Now, there's an element that there's a couple of considerations we do have to take into account. You know, one, just from a practical point of view, particularly for us, uh, I mean, most organizations would say, first and foremost, they want to make sure that you are not doing anything that is competing. They want to make yep. sure you're not doing anything that is utilizing company resources for a purpose it shouldn't be used for. They definitely want to make sure there's nothing in there that carries reputational risk because the world is small these days and the fact that you work in that organization and, and we've all seen in Singapore where the word stomp has a very different meaning than it does in many places, right? <laughs> um, that the, who your employer is comes out somewhere in every article that you read of someone, you know, especially during COVID times and, and, and such getting, getting fined. So you want to manage all those things. For us in Deloitte as well, there's another layer on top of that, which is independence. Uh, yeah. because the nature of our industry being a regulated industry that becomes a factor as well I don't think a lot of the time that's what HR are thinking about I think they're thinking about a couple of things one is are you going to be distracted are you going to be able to fulfill your your nine to five and then you get into questions like are you having to travel for this uh, you know do things happen during certain timings will you be available and I think the new kind of world of flexible working arrangements has actually in some ways exacerbated that a little bit yeah. because in the past if you told me you had a side hustle that's fine because I see you at your desk from nine till five so I know where you are I know what you're doing and then in the evenings what you do is up to you but now hold on now you're working from home three days a week right and you're working flexible hours so are you doing your side hustle right now or are you working for me how do I mm. know what you're doing and, and and a lot of that has gone into the whole dynamic of modern work around trust and whether yes. or not we really trust our people to be doing what they're doing or whether we're sending them Skype messages at random intervals during the day to see how quickly they, they respond, as, as some people do, right? But I think the other angle on it is I think sometimes HR departments are worried that if you have this side hustle, that the side hustle will eventually become your main hustle right. and, and you'll walk away. But you can't be worried about that because the reality is people will walk away when, when they walk away. They'll walk away to a competitor. They'll walk away to another industry. They'll, they'll walk away to, to this. And to my mind, if you're giving them that opportunity to do that, at least they're getting to explore it and see whether it works or not. They're, 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 they will only jump when the time is right, um, as opposed to perhaps exploring. So I think the whole mindset of HR needs to change, and that needs to change in terms of what's written into people's contracts. It needs to change in terms of the level of trust um, and support that is out there but it also needs to change in terms of the mentality is no longer about how long you will retain the people but more about how you will make sure that you get the best out of them while they're with you and that they become brand ambassadors and perhaps clients for your organization after they they leave that's the new contract for me between an employer and, a, and an employee that's a fascinating perspective, James. I completely agree with you that we should be transparent about uh, what we are doing and make sure that we are not uh, using company resources or information or, or putting up something that can be reputationally risky or a competitor to, to the core business. That should be the rule book in terms of side hustles, right? And the rest of it, you know, pretty much, I mean, there, there are very few things that, that give us a 100% validation but e pretty much everybody that i have spoken with 
100% of the population sets that I've spoken with who have side hustles tell me that it has a positive impact on their nine to five job, right? So Ashley, I want to come to you and ask you in tangible ways, how does it make you a better contributor in your role as uh, the head of SME in, in insurance? Um, first of all, let me let me check. I did say 100% of, of the people that I've spoken to in the past. Let me ask you, first of all, does it have a positive impact? And if so, then how? Yes, I think it definitely does. And even with the past experiences of side hustles that I've had, it really accumulated to the benefits that my company is ripping from me today. And I think the largest part of that is my network. So being head of SME required me to pull together a lot of SME founders at a very short amount of time to figure out a strategy that would work. And I joined the company just late quarter last year. So the ability that I've had to sort of shorten the timeline on what they're trying to get to and using the experiences that I've had from my MBA as well really helped me to do the job that I'm doing now. But I think I also wanted to talk about how my previous side hustles also helped me complete my previous jobs, which is um, to do with project management. So for a big part of my 20s, I was actually the projects director of this women empowerment platform called Linen Malaysia. And from there, I was actually project director. Every evening, it was kind of just working for free, right, for this women empowerment platform because we're a nonprofit organization. And I had to meet people, negotiate a lot, a lot of sponsorships to get them to sponsor venue or food and beverage or some sort of like lucky draw prices. And I had to coordinate all these events, convince volunteers to work for me for free, and all of these skills, right, I would not have acquired in my regular nine to five job. So the fact that I was exposed to that for a large period of time, which was about five years of my 20s, um, allowed me to be a lot more confident when it comes to negotiating or even speaking to much senior people at that point of time because I had to convince them of what we were doing for them to be onboarded as mentors, to even coordinate all these different kinds of events on a monthly basis, actually. And uh, at the end of every year, we had to organize this large conference, which were bringing in sponsorships from like the five-figure to a, like a low six-figure amount, right? So at that young age, being exposed to that really helped. And I think it's also the ability to speak well in public because I had the exposure and the opportunity to moderate, to be part of panels, to um, speak. And that led to me being a TEDx speaker, right? All of that sort of accumulated and made me who I am today. Like in the recent month, we had like a board of directors meeting and I was actually like the youngest person to present to them. And I think my CEO entrusted me to do that was because seeing how I've presented in the past and how I carry myself and the confidence and the knowledge that I do have really allowed me to shine as well in what I'm doing um, as compared to my peers. And I think I actually had like a short conversation with my CHRO is that why did they pick me, right? Um, as opposed to my other peers who is of the same age but may not have been um, you know, exposed to the similar experience. And I think it's because I've utilized my time well. Um, you know, given a lot of these side hustles, yes, nine to five, you know, allows you to learn a set of things at work. But if you expose yourself to different kinds of side hustles in the evenings, right, 
during your weekends, you're almost living parallel lives. So my experience was like double, right? In some sense, if you expose yourself to more people, you speak to more people and learn from them, it's triple. So um, I think it's really to do with how you use time as well and like time management. And personally, I think um, this is something that is quite maybe controversial to some people, but I believe that when a person embarks on their own side hustle, you are in control of your own personal development. And in that sense, companies get to outsource the development to yourself, right, to us. So we almost like relieve off our companies, um, you know, expecting them to only develop us while we're in that nine to five, which I think it's not very fair because I think in a lot of companies, yes, they do hire you to be able to do the job that they hire you to do. Um, but sometimes you just want to dive into like, your colleagues you know um job for example oh that sounds really interesting like what you're working on and you kind of want to work on it but you can't exactly do that in that workplace but you could learn from your colleague and do something of that similar sense outside of work um and and learn something new out of it and i think that's always been my driving force which is to always learn new things and if i can learn something um and you know, my company doesn't have to pay for anything. And yet I could use this knowledge and transfer it to my nine to five job. I think companies would win from just trusting me yeah. and empowering me to carve out my own development journey. Actually, that makes so much sense, right? So we do help our clients with their leadership development, right? And our clients um, are willing to invest a fair bit of resources and time and money real money into building those exact skills that you talked about persuading people managing change driving starting a movement you know getting people to creating followership negotiating influencing all of those skills that you mentioned that you built through your side hustles for free by the way yeah uh, the company didn't have to invest in it are, are legitimate leadership skills and those are those are skills that um you know, large companies pay a lot of money to, to people like uh, like me and my team to to develop in their leaders. So it's a fascinating perspective that you've given that I hadn't thought of before and how, you know, this is this is something that, uh, you know, the business case writes itself for for companies if they are paying attention to say, look, I mean, this is this this works for everybody. There are very few things in life that are truly win, win, win. And this is one of those. So thank you for bringing that up. So James, from a, from a skills perspective, obviously some of the things that you're doing with sports and, and other organizations like theater, you are looking at uh, skill sets that are a little bit removed from what is, what is relevant at Deloitte, right? So you can think about sports with, from a technical lens and the technical skills that are involved in sports and theater. And that may or may not, I mean, you can argue that some of it might be, but maybe they're, they're less relevant to your to your day-to-day. -day. But the soft skills are highly relevant, wouldn't you think? I mean, this, is, is that something that has been your experience, some of those skill sets coming back to help you in your day-to-day -day role? Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's interesting when you talk about the, the technical skills and that. I mean, uh, I think I think I'm a little bit of an outlier, even in the Deloitte world. There can't be many of our consulting partners that are out there advising people on how many hours of shooting training a national shooter should be doing <laughs> in the prone position or the standing position uh, or how many hours of uh, short track speed skating training is the benchmark globally i mean that's a it's a little bit out there compared to the to the average uh, 
person advising a banker or, or, or a telco or an insurance company. But I think, yeah, I think the the soft skills, it echoes a bit what, what, what Ashley said. I mean, at the end of the day, to succeed in, in these roles, it, it actually, I would even go so far as to say it sharpens your, your skill set in a very different way. Because I, I sit here in, in Deloitte, um, I, I like to think of myself as a leader, whether I am or not, I like to think of myself as a leader. You've got to kind of build followership. You've got to get people to to come along with you. And and the people in Deloitte, they're being paid to follow me in a way, right? I mean, some, somebody's paying them somewhere to follow me. You still have to nudge people along and, 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 and get them engaged. <laughs> then when you go out to a community organization, when you go out to startups, when you go up to grassroots movements and things like that, I think you mentioned before that a lot of these people are volunteers. So if you don't build followership there, then you have nothing. Because these people will just go and volunteer their time somewhere else. You have no carrot that you're dangling, and there's no stick right. that you can that you can use. If you don't treat them right, if you don't talk to them right, if you don't show empathy, listen, understand what they are trying to get out of that experience and find ways to give it to them. If you don't do that, they're just not going to show up. Yeah. Whereas in a job, those are all the things you should be doing. You should be showing empathy. You should be listening, understanding what people are trying to get from this experience and giving them that experience. But sometimes we're busy and we don't, and the result is that people leave because they're not getting the experience that, that, that they want. So this is really almost like a sandbox environment at, 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 a, at a level where if you don't do these things, then there really is no, there's no fallback. There's no mechanism. It's not like here where somebody quits, I go out and hire someone else and offer them a bit more money. A volunteer quits. You've got to go find another volunteer. Is not so easy, right? So yeah. a lot of those skills... They become even more nuanced uh, in, in that. And, and you know, one of the interesting things for me has been almost a reverse because I sit here in Deloitte and because I head up marketing, I get, I get one a day marketing or sponsorship requests. And it's nice. especially, hey, Deloitte, you're in sports, right? I'm, I'm not joking. With, with greatest respect to my friends at Underwater Hockey, I'm not sure if you know we have an underwater hockey team, uh, but I went on a rant. Uh, on Facebook a little while ago about how some sports associations don't know how to take care of their of their sponsors and and I got a message on Facebook like hey we here at Underwater Hockey we know how to take care of our sponsors Dolly should come and sponsor <laughs> us you know and and I literally I got one on Sunday I got one on Monday from different would you like to sponsor this event would you like to sponsor this team would you like to sponsor this individual athlete who needs funding mm. and so I'm used to getting those all the time and then the irony is when I go out into these roles and I sit on the board of SRT and the board of, of netball and, and women's football, and because of the job I do, they all say to me, hey, James, James, marketing, can you go get us sponsors? <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm sat there going, so I need to learn from the mistakes people made when they pitched to me, right? And, right, and, right, and, and I'm exactly. literally going out and saying, this is how I'm now full circle going out and having to pitch to people and say, this is why you should sponsor netball. This is why you should sponsor women's football. But again, it, it helps the two, the two work well together. They dovetail because, as I say, the things you see, the things you learn, what works, what doesn't work. When I'm talking to NSAs and I'm, uh, national sports associations and I'm saying to them, you know, this is what would make me want to sponsor you based on my own experience. This is what you mm. should be coming to me and, and, and saying. So I really do think it, it sharpens your your acts, because if you can do it out there in a voluntary environment and in an environment where perhaps you are the one begging people, the one where you are trying to get it out, and then you come into a larger organization 
where you have purchasing power, where you have a big core of engaged employees, if you can bring those same skill sets in, it will just augment the, the power that you have. That's fascinating. And, and I sincerely hope that this podcast goes out to lots of organizations, CEOs, <laughs> CHROs who are listening to this, because it, there's, there's a very clear impact that uh, harnessing the art and science of side hustles can have on the quality of leadership, the quality of uh, leaders within the organization. I completely can see that. And I'm sure that this podcast brings this to life. So if I were to summarize, I think we've had a fantastic discussion on side hustles with two people, Ashley and James, who have in their real careers, in their real lives, lived to the aspiration of having an impact beyond the nine to five and have lived through it and have proven time and time again that this is a good idea for themselves and their careers and the organizations they serve. So I'd just like to thank Ashley and James for joining me in this podcast today. And that rounds up all of the 10 rules of modern work. And if you want to hear about um, the other um, nine rules of modern work, uh, there are these podcast uh, sessions that we have put out there in all the different social media platforms. So go out and take a look at that. So my name is Indranil. Thank you for listening today um, on the very important topic of how side hustles uh, are such an important part of the modern worker in the context of the modern workplace and the work modern workforce. So thank you, Ashley and James, for joining me today.